Hello and welcome to Beer and Money, a financial fireside chat for tech professionals. We work to simplify your finances so that you can enjoy your life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burkwell and Alex Collins. Hello everybody and welcome back to Beer and Money. I am your host, Ryan Burkwell. With me, laughing at me already, Alex Collins. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? <laughs> Lovely. He's already... Uh, I am a creature of habit, and Alex is messing with my desk. Uh, and it is fun to poke the bear. So, <laughs> that's... Uh, let's move on. So, uh, <laughs> first of all, I uh, want to welcome the new listeners. Um, for those of you who are new, uh, this podcast was derived from... Uh, a seminar that we held at a tech company, um, and that seminar we called it Beer and Money. And it went, uh, you know, the purpose of or the the objective of calling it Beer and Money was to really just have a comfortable conversation around money while actually enjoying a beer. Yeah, and we continue to put them on usually about once a quarter. Once a quarter. Um, and then we wanted to carry that over to uh, more people, and we thought a podcast would be a a great platform to use for that. So that's where this all came from. Um, Beerandmoney.net. If you have any questions for us that you want us to talk about on the podcast, head to that uh, that site at the bottom of the page. You can uh, give us your name and the question, and we can possibly chat about it here on the podcast. Finally, last note, if you are listening and you're getting any kind of value out of this, please give us a rating and uh and leave us a note with uh, any suggestions we'd love to hear them absolutely well we always like feedback so let's get to the topic at hand today so we've been talking about behavior um, and not behavior of of going in and out of the market and trying to time the market or, or pulling money out when the market's going down not not that type of behavior but just our human behavior around let's just start with the conversation of money Right, right. It's a, it's a stressor out there, and a lot of us have different uh, upbringings around the concept of money and and what it's used for, whether it be good or bad. Right. Well, and like, there's so many people out there that have this just massively negative connotation with money, and money is a tool. It's not inherently good or bad. Yeah. So the last two podcasts, we, we've actually spoken into behaviors and different things to to have a conversation with your with your spouse. And different exercises to do just to at least open the door to that conversation. Um, and then earlier today, Alex and I were talking about, we, we'd read an article uh, about the FIRE movement. And I'm drawing a blank on what the acronym stands for, Alex. Financial Independence Retire Early. That's right. And this podcast isn't going to be, I want to be 100% clear on this. This isn't about, you know, the FIRE movement, the the a lot of times you can read that and say, oh, these people saved 50 or 60% of their income, lived off of nothing, lived in a box, and now they're living the life. But they did that for 15 years. I don't want to suffer for 15 years. That's not what this is about. What this is about is what can you, we learn from that movement to better serve ourselves um, from a financial capacity? It's a great question. And so Alex and I started talking about it. And first and foremost, I mean, it's, it's behavior, like it's the essence of the behavior of understanding, huh, if I want to retire extremely early, 
like in my 30s, some of these people are retiring, right? Right. Early 30s. And to do that, they understood right away their lifestyle has to be minimal so that they can save a lot of money. Well, right. And it became trying to figure out like, okay, what's important and how do we want to go about doing it? And it, a lot of the fire movement really throws uh, mainstream materialism under the bus and says that like, oh, that's what's wrong with, you know, corporate America, capitalism, etc. And it's not necessarily that it's really all about conscious choice. Yeah, you know, Alex and I do our darndest uh, when we're reading articles to to come at it from different angles or different viewpoints. And I'm sure to to our returning listeners, they can definitely hear. We definitely have different viewpoints in the way we attack things, even though we have a very similar philosophy in the way we work with our clients. But the viewpoint or the angle, like you can read some of those articles, and to your point, Alex, take away either a negative connotation or you could take away a positive connotation. Absolutely. And so let's focus on the positive aspect that we're talking about here. And again, it was the behavior thing of understanding that, well, I, the most important viewpoint for this person that is in that fire movement is they want to be done working or be financially independent extremely early, which led them to save and live, save a lot of money and live a much lesser stereotypical and i'm using air quotes american yeah i mean it the the design and the concept of it is trying to identify how much how much do you need to live on and the flip side of that coin really becomes all right if i don't need more than 50 percent or 40 percent of my income to live on well that allows me to save 40, 50, 60% or more of my paycheck. And that allows you to amass wealth very quickly with the end result of having a big enough nest egg to be able to then live off of, you know, whether it's completely or partially, we can talk about that until we're blue in the face and different people have different ideas there. But the point is the same. It allows you to the financial freedom to be able to live the life that you want without having to quote unquote work, or at least not work in corporate America. Right. And I think one of the biggest takeaways that I had, well, not takeaway, I, I guess I was envious to when I first read the first article of what's interesting is, is when I got out of college, I remember this distinctly, I got out of college and I was in my interview and they're asking me like what I want to do, how much money I want to make, all that kind of stuff. And one of the first things out of my mouth is I want to retire by the time, by the time I'm age like 50. And to, to do that, like I wish someone had sat me down and said, Hey, by the way, if you're gonna retire by the time you're age of 50, what type of lifestyle are you going to want to live? This is kind of what you're going to need to do to get there. Right. Right. And I think a lot of I'm, that's not u- unique. I'm not unique in that like thought process of I want to retire early. Right. Like I'm pretty sure that's the American dream, like or not having to be not beholden to work at a company. Let's put it that way. Oh, I, I had the exact same dream. And like it was I want to retire at 50 or like early 50s. Right. And so 
I wish someone had sat me down or the fire movement existed because maybe I could have done more research at that point to understand like what it is that takes that changes your behavior to understand a whole crap. I need to do this, this, and this. Okay. Maybe I don't want to retire by the time I age 50 because I do want to own the nice Mercedes early in my life. And not that you have to do that, but again, what type of life do you want? Well, it becomes a series of choices, right? I mean, we only have a finite number of, of resources to be able to, to deal with. And like we can, we can go down the road of side hustles and, you know, increasing your earning potential and things of that nature. And there's a billion different articles on, on those topics, but assuming that we're going to make the amount of money that we're going to make, most of us are going to wind up having a choice of, well, do we want to, save diligently and do we want to retire early and and you know go that route or um do we want to buy the nice mercedes and live in the big house and things of that nature so the big takeaway number one alex for me at least is actually know what you want and and almost define it like these people have defined they want to retire at a certain age and they want their life to be like the article that I read was this person wanted to be, to be able to take like three, four year sabbaticals and travel the world and not have to worry about money. Right. Which is why. Awesome. Right. So she defined what she wanted. She knew what she wanted and she built towards that. And we had a podcast. I think our last podcast was about having a vision with your spouse around what your lifestyle wants to be. This takes it one step further. Yeah. Defining it. And so that, that's a huge piece. And that was a big takeaway um, in that fire movement uh, for me, because I was looking at it from a different lens. Yeah. I mean, the first time that I <clears throat> was exposed to, to fire was a few years ago. Um, I don't think it was called fire at the time that I started reading some of the, some of the things, but you know, it, it really kind of, I think it was a, a good friend of mine who's not in the industry who was like, Hey, I want you, you to read this article and then give me some feedback. And, like I read the article and I was like, well, I don't think that's feasible. And, you know, it was uh, somebody who had, you know, basically cut back to the point where they were living on $35,000 a year for a family of five in California. And like, I was just like, in what world is that possible? And you know, I just couldn't fathom some of these things. And now like you start diving into it and the family had one car. It was not anywhere close to a new car. The, the, the value of it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like $4,000. Um, and so like you, you, you start, stuck your feet out the bottom and tried <laughs> Flintstone the car. It was not the Flintstone <laughs> car. Uh, but at the same time, like I'm trying to imagine a family of five, like having one vehicle and just couldn't contemplate that. Like it just didn't, it didn't make sense to me. Now the way in which they lived, you know, they grew their own, uh, you know, vegetables, raised their own animals. So like they were almost self-sufficient in their place. And so it was something where it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, if you start thinking about it from a standpoint of like, they only made, $35,000 a year, but the amount of time, energy, and effort that they put into like essentially raising a farm and having a garden and 
like all of the different aspects that went into it, it was like, okay, that's not really the same thing. Right. But because they defined it and they knew what they wanted, they led the lifestyle that they wanted. Oh, for sure. Right. And how much easier was it for them? And this is, this is maybe another takeaway. If you know what you want and it's defined, how much easier is it to actually save or actually have that lifestyle to go get it? Yeah, when well, they just became massively principled around what they wanted to do and how they wanted to go about doing it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just mic drop almost right here. Like, <laughs> if it's that important, if it's important enough to you, you'll figure it out, figure out a way on how to do it. It's just that's just life, right? Hundred percent. And so. Again, we're not trying to say that everyone should start saving 6% of their income. They should start growing their own vegetables. And that's not the point of this. <laughs> the point of it is, is define what it is you want and understand it. It's going to be a lot easier to build towards that. Right. Well, like once you know what, you, what you're after, like, go get it. And whether that's – like there, there is no judgment from our standpoint. We don't care whether you want to – go buy the Mercedes when you're 25 or never own a car worth more than two grand. Like just know if you're buying the Mercedes at 25, you're probably not doing the fire movement uh, unless you could. I mean, if you're making enough income and you are saving, you know, if you're making 500 grand a year and you're saving 400 of it. Sure. Sure. Makes sense. So, so that's number one. Number two is once we know what we want and we've defined it, well, we kind of have to know, like, okay, what what's our philosophy behind that? Let me let me say it another way. I think you can chime in, Alex, if you want to say it differently. If I know that I want to save half my income because I want to be done working when I'm 30, every aspect of where I'm putting my money today and every time I'm spending money, my question is, is that going to get me to retiring early at the age of 30, right? That can be a philosophy or the question you ask yourself when you're doing that. Yeah. And it, this could be something like, I want to be debt free or I don't care about living debt free. I care about making sure that I'm making the most efficient decisions possible. Like that there's no right or wrong way to do some of this stuff. I mean, so much of it is really around mentality and what allows you to ferociously attack and implement your plan. Whatever that plan is, just make sure that it's well-defined and that you're going after accomplishing it. Yeah, and even more so, and Alex and I just did a class on this, is the language behind that philosophy Right. So we, we, we did this class and it was, you know, asking us about our vision. And I'll give you an example. If, if you say something like, if I made X amount of dollars, then I'll be able to donate to more charities. Right. I just made that up on the spot. Now, that, that's a nice vision, right? It's not, there's nothing wrong with that vision, but change the language a bit. And then it becomes who you are today, not your future self. So the language could say something. Now I'm like, I wish, I wish Chuck was on the on the, the on the Wait, call with us here. I, I am a philanthropist. I give right willingly. Right. Uh, I give to charities 
in, in different capacities, right? It, it's more of you are today a charitable person and it doesn't have to be through money, right? It's just, that's just who you are. So changing your language, even as you're, if you're someone that writes down the vision or if, some, or if you're someone that like me that more thinks this, it's more of, no, I am this person today, not if this occurs or I will be like, that's all future tense. It's present tense. Yeah, it was, it's present, present tense first person as opposed to future tense or qualifications or thinking about it from a third person standpoint or a second person standpoint. It really has to be first person present. And like one of the things that, that this class talked about was how that can sometimes feel inauthentic to say something that you may not actually be doing right now. And the, the goal is to make sure that you can actually word it in such a way that it becomes a part of who you are and how you see yourself because we are what we think about and what we strive to become. Yeah, it it's so important. I mean, it's amazing the mindset shifts that you can have. I'm laughing because of where this conversation has gone, Alex. <laughs> well, and I put that in future tense. Right? Yeah. Well, it's not even that. It's just we're having this conversation about, you know, we brought up philosophy, right? But then we changed it to like language and, and where we're going with that. So, but it's important. It, it's so important to understand that, have that confidence in that, right? So to, to say you're going to do something is one thing. To actually do it and have the confidence to do it, that's a whole nother thing. And it starts with your language. Well, and public declarations help. Because it holds accountable. It can. It can with the right people. For sure. Yeah. So, all right. So just a quick review, takeaways. Number one, know what you want or define it. Number two, create that financial philosophy. And then uh, number three is uh, what we would call create a plan. And just keeping this high level for today's podcast, because we're going to have our next podcast is going into maybe going to the details of creating a plan. And not talking about asset allocation, not that type of planning, but create a plan as in what do you need to be doing today to get what you want, what you defined, right? If you want to retire when you're 30, that will require a lesser lifestyle today plus significant savings. Yeah. And, and if you find out that whatever your goal is, is out of reach it's typically out of reach for one of two reasons. Either you aren't using the proper tools to be able to get there or two, there's other things that are more important and you need to revise your philosophy and your strategy on how you're going to go ahead and actually get there because it may not be feasible for you. I mean, just like the, the story that I gave of the, you know, couple making $35,000 in California, like that to me was in just incomprehensible about how a family of five could live on $35,000 in California. Oh, and by the way, spend about eight grand a year traveling. Like just did not compute with me at all. And so for me, it was like, okay, got it. Well, I got to go back. Like if that were my goal and vision, well, nope, I got to go back to the drawing board and redo my goal and vision because that's not possible given the parameters that I've set in my life. And this doesn't need to be a complicated formula here, right? Not like at all. if you're wanting, like take me, for example, right? 
my family and I will own property in Maui and we'll have property here in, in, te- in I almost said Texas, in Washington. My mom's <laughs> going to listen to this and get all excited like I'm moving to Texas. No, mom, I'm not moving to Texas. Um, but the fact is, is for me to do that, I'm going to have to have a certain amount of money set aside to buy the property in Maui to also pay for my kid's college, to also live the life that I want to live, right? So I have to know all that, right? And if my plan is to buy this property in Maui in five years, if I'm not saving for that property in Maui right now, how is that going to occur, right? The, the math does not have to be difficult. Like a lot of people are freaking out, like how am I going to create a formula for that? What lifestyle you think you need? Like what is your goal? Forget lifestyle. What is it you want? And, and just do the quick down and dirty math on it, right? Like you can rate a return. Yes, that's important. But the fact is, is if you're not saving money to, to get to that goal, you're not going to get there anyways. Right. Well, and there's a ton of calculators online that you can find that are going to, you know, help you out with present value and future value calculations to be able to, to decide what's realistic. So I think, I think we're good with this one because I think we, well, we're going to start going into the weeds on the creating of a plan. So that's going to be our next podcast. And we're going to keep that similarly high level, just going a little bit deeper on creating that plan. Three takeaways from the fire movement. Know what you want and define it. Create a financial philosophy. And then have some sort of plan, high level plan. So we hope today's uh, podcast was valuable for you. And as always, cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 3585 Maple Street, number 140, Ventura, California, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Security, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2019-90276, expiration 11-2021.